0: else lost in a dream i don't know which way to go and there's like more words in between but how about some information please Straight up now, tell me, do you really want to love Okay, that's what we're doing here today. That's what we're doing here. This podcast is aimed to straight up tell you the truth, give you pointers, keep things relatable, and share, you know, a new song to bring you back in the day every time, every week. This is a little sidebar, but Paula Abdul's album, Forever Your Girl, was my first CD along with Michael Bolton. Come on. Do you even know who he is? He's a classic. How am I supposed to live without you? And how am I supposed to carry on? Okay, I'm like, I think I was eight years old. And my parents probably just got these two C's like in that last minute at the checkout bin discounted. No offense to Michael Bolton. Or Paula Abdul. They were in their prime in the 90s, but I got a boom box for Christmas that year. And like, I think I just needed some CDs to start with. So that's what I got. But let's face it, we're in 2022, not in 1992. And, you know, we're all doing too much these days. Having to think about how to manage our money is one more thing on our checklist that we likely don't make time for. Nobody wants to talk about money. I mean, especially the lack there of it. We talk about all these other things, you know, before we talk about money. But sometimes we just don't know who to trust with our money. Sometimes we don't know where to go to get advice. And so, you know, that ultimately leads to us just not reaching out at all. We're constantly making excuses when it comes to managing our money. You know, the denial is bliss, people. Uh, you know, my spouse is looking after it. We're good. Or, you know, I'm just waiting to win the lottery. Or that race will really turn things around and think that things are going to change. But we strongly believe in the power of financial literacy. Like I say every week, having an understanding of your financial picture will empower you to make better financial decisions. And you can stop waiting for that raise or stop waiting for those things to change on their own. You will be the one that will help improve your financial picture. Now we do these podcasts every week as a form of financial literacy. And why am I talking about this? as our first podcast in November. Well, November is Financial Literacy Month. During Financial Literacy Month, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada engages with Canadians and works together with organizations from the private, public, and nonprofit sectors to really help strengthen... The financial literacy of individuals and families and build their financial resilience. Throughout the month, organizations from across the country are encouraged to host events, share resources aimed at helping Canadians understand their finances and empowering them to manage their money and debt wisely, save for the future, and understand their financial rights. Now, guys, we're pretty great. We don't wait till November to share our resources. We share them all the time through our workshops we offer, our podcasts, on our social channels. But we thought no better way than today to celebrate the fact that we're moving into, you know, deep freezing temperature months than to highlight your finances. So like, why wouldn't we want to talk about your finances as we move into the colder months? What else do we got to do? I mean, I'm sure your outings are not as frequent as the patio season, but This year's financial literacy campaign, the theme is Make Change That Counts, Managing Your Money in a Changing World. Considers, you know, our increasingly complex and constantly changing financial marketplace and the importance of managing personal finances to find the right balance. All we seem to hear in the headlines lately or chat about is the cost of living increases, the interest rate rises, and Canadians need to adjust their budgets to find the right balance between debt repayments and daily spending. The right balance will depend on your financial situation and your goals. So just as always, but perhaps with a little bit more oomph this month, we will focus on some key areas that will equip you with practical tips and tools to help you manage debt and find financial balance in these ironically precedented, we're not in unprecedented times, yet we are in challenging and ever-changing times. Throughout this month, the messages that we will be focusing on is finding financial balance, debt management, planning for the future, what it means to borrow wisely, and knowing your rights so you can be a protected consumer. FP Canada publishes the Financial Stress Index to learn what's causing Canadian stress and to understand how professional financial planners are helping Canadians achieve financial well-being. The 2022 survey found that, and I'll link this in the show notes so you can go look at yourself, but the 2022 survey found that rising cost of living is leading to significant financial pressure on Canadians. For the fifth year, Canadians said money was their top source of stress. What are some key findings from this index? Well, the 2022 Financial Stress Index reveals that 38% of Canadians say money is their biggest concern, outranking personal health at 21%, work at 19% and relationships at 18%. The survey also highlights the following, that two in five Canadians, 39%, report feeling less hopeful about their financial futures now than a year ago. One in three, 35%, say financial stress is leading to anxiety, depression, or mental health issues. While you may feel like you fall into one of these stats, you may feel a little less hopeful. You may be stressed. It may be causing some anxiety because you don't have it all figured out. But what is it important to understand? And what I always want to reiterate is that you know you feel like you need to have it all together before you go out and ask for guidance. But I'm going to straight up now tell you that. Now. See, guys, Paula, I've like I'm here to straight up. I'll tell you that's not the case. If you are confused, if you don't know where to start, if you are like feeling, oh my God, I should have my stuff together and I don't. Don't wait to start. Seek out your banking BFF. Go to a professional. This is what we are here to do. Someone to help guide you through and help you find the balance. You don't need to have it all figured out. That's what we're here for. So please reach out. Maybe like, isn't there a song like reach out? I don't even know who sings that. I should probably investigate that. Maybe that'll be next week's song. But what are some things that, you know, maybe will help you gain a little bit of insight into your financial picture. What are some things that you can do on your own so maybe you feel like you're a little bit more prepared before you seek out a banking BFF, but what are some things that will give you a snapshot of learning into your financial picture? Number one, let's start with determining your net worth and see which way it's trending. Net worth is a common way to see how you stand financially quickly. It's calculated by simply taking the value of your assets and subtracting your liabilities. Some apps out there will do this for you, but the math equation is quite simple. All you need to do is make two columns. One side, write down everything that you own that's considered an asset. Investments, your home, a boat, whatever it might be. On the other column, subtract everything you have as a debt. So on the other column, you're going to list out all your debts. So, you know, maybe you got a boat loan, credit card, debt, mortgage, whatever it might be in terms of a liability. What is important to remember is your income doesn't factor into this equation at all. It's merely a gauge on what you currently have versus what you currently owe. So now you've taken your column of your assets and your column of your liabilities and you're gonna minus the two numbers. Now the number you will arrive at will be a positive or negative number, meaning you may have a higher mortgage and more liabilities and not so much on the asset side, so you will likely have a negative number. But the reason I love to suggest to start with your net worth, it is easy to compare apples to apples. I don't recommend, you know, comparing yourself to others, but in your own financial picture, because, you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But compare your assets and your liabilities. This way you can see your net worth, which way it's trending, and you can make adjustments as you need to so you can trend into the positive numbers. Example, you can make a plan to reduce your debt and increase your savings. That will change your net worth statement. So it gives you that little snapshot very quickly to see, you know, what do I own? What do I owe? And where am I sitting with this? Next, calculate your debt to income ratio. Try not to scream or barf or, you know, don't get overwhelmed. But after you have figured out your net worth, what we just talked about, it's time to take a little bit closer look at your income, which is not considered in your net worth. So remember that. Your debt to income ratio is calculated by taking the total amount you pay in debt payments and dividing it by your monthly gross income. So you need to figure out what your monthly gross income, which is really that means like before taxes and deductions. So let's say you're, you know, you're at a ninety thousand dollar pay grid, and you just take ninety thousand divided by twelve. You find out what your monthly gross income is, and then you need to find out what your debt payments are. In that month. So, for example, maybe you have a mortgage, your car, a credit card, a boat loan. Again, all these things that are debt payments. Now, what you do is you total your debt payments and you divide that by your gross income. So, here's an example. So, your gross monthly income is seven thousand dollars. You have a mortgage payment of two thousand, a car payment of eight hundred, and a credit card of one hundred and fifty dollars. You now total twenty nine fifty per month. So, you divide it. Right, so 2950 divided by 7000, and that's gonna give you a ratio. I think that lands you at like 42%. Now, most people and most lenders recommend a debt to income ratio 42% or lower. I, you know, would recommend going even lower than that and trying to keep it as low as you can because your debt to income ratio is important for a couple of reasons. First, it'll give you a good sense of whether or not your debt is under control. If your number seems higher than 42%, then maybe you need to start focusing on a plan to reduce your debt and make sure that that number and that ratio comes down so it gives you a little bit more cash flow in a month um, because you'll start working away at these debt. Payments. Second, your debt income ratio is a primary factor in your credit score and in getting new credit. If you have a high ratio, it may impact the decisions in future lending applications, you know, until your debt is paid down. Obviously, there's other deciding factors, but this is one that is heavily weighed on your lending application. Hopefully, that didn't confuse you, but it gives you again a little snapshot into what your debt to income ratio is. Next, you need to find out where your money is going and if you're spending more than you should. You know, sometimes we bury our heads in the sand and just try to make sure that our checking accounts don't go overdrawn and you just put some money into savings with no real plan or no real reasoning behind it. Now, it might seem time intensive, but You really should be aware of every dollar coming in and out of your accounts. You need to become connected with your money and make a plan to get it working exactly how you want it to do. You need to be the one to tell it what to do. You can do this by creating a budget and doing your best to stick to it. Set up automatic payments and schedule when you're going to move money from one category to another. Allot yourself spending amounts and try not to spend more than you have allotted yourself. There are plenty of budgeting methods and tools out there that can assist you through the process. But ultimately, the goal for you here is get a handle of where your money is going. Once you have a good understanding of where your money is going, you can create goals, have an understanding, and a more consistent budget. Again, the goal is to not make it perfect every month. In fact, if you're trying to be perfect and never spend more than you anticipate, you will most likely fail. Instead, budget the money you already have and don't spend any more than that. Make part of that money go into a savings plan. Which brings me to my last and final point. Create crystal clear financial goals for yourself. Establishing Clear financial goals is the first and most important thing you should do when you're doing a financial checkup. It's important for you to to identify what you want to achieve in the short term and the long term and write these goals down. And I cannot stress this point enough. Keep them realistic. Work them into your budget so you have higher success of achieving them, right? Like don't go shooting for the moon. You know, I really want to buy a condo in Florida. I say that all the time. Realistically, that may not be in my short term plan. I have three kids under six. Two of them are twins. That's going to be expensive when they go to school. So maybe that is like a post retirement plan. But keep your goals there. But keep your goals realistic. Maybe my my plan or my goal right now should be, you know, maybe I'm just going to start that fund and maybe I'm going to put a realistic amount and maybe it's going to take me 20 years to build that savings up. But you know what? At least I'm working towards a plan. And at least I'm keeping it with a realistic kind of tone in mind. So these, again, are just some of the quick steps you can take to get a pulse check on your financial health. It'll give you a baseline of where you are and help you find a little bit of balance. You can take it further and seek out a professional to help you through these steps. Maybe, you know, We're going to celebrate Financial Literacy Month, and today is the day you take some action and you start to improve your financial picture. Ultimately, 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 I say this every week and I stand behind this statement and we stand behind this statement as Tandia, is we believe in the power of financial literacy. Truly by having the understanding of your financial picture really does empower you to make better financial decisions and have a positive relationship with money. We want you to recognize your worth and help you to enjoy life to its fullest so you can have the experiences you've always wanted to do. You don't want to sit on the sidelines. We want you to be able to enjoy through your life the experiences and not just kind of, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Small changes go a long way. We are here for you. We encourage you to get in touch with us at any time, whether it's with a question about our business or comment on how we might be able to answer some of those burning financial questions. After all, your voice at Tandia is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you found value through this podcast. Rate this podcast, please. We are on all the social channels. So snap a photo of it, share it, tag us so we can help get the word out. Don't forget, you can always connect with us at Tandia.com. Catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.